In this episode, we talk about being in between jobs, we talk about the Apple event, and Apple Silicon. This is Contravariance, a podcast about Apple, Swift, and other programming topics. Things are good. It's been a it's been a rainy day. I was planning mm-hmm. to go golfing if it wasn't raining, and then it was raining, so no golf. Um, and I had some packages that I wanted to post. So at some point in the afternoon, it was raining a little less. So I was like, okay, I'll go out, get some fresh air. So I put on my hiking boots and went out into uh, the rain, which was actually super nice because with the hiking boots, especially like I don't have to worry about, you know, them getting dirty. Well, I mean, they got dirty, of course, but uh, or, or getting anything wet. So it was a nice break and yeah made uh hopefully i'm making some people happy sending some some packages uh and it's always also a good feeling to to be able to do that nice um do you still live in the the temporary apartment or did you move yeah, back exactly to... no so okay. we're still having building work done so we're still living on the golf okay. course which is great <laughs> Uh, it's a great place to be temporarily. Uh, it was actually weird because so Ireland is, uh, in terms of uh, COVID, is also not getting better. I think they're doing better, quote unquote, um, like relatively if you compare them to the Netherlands or even Germany, mm-hmm. uh, etc. cetera. Um, but they're still like talking about going to level four or level five with level five being locked down. Mm. and currently we're in level three i don't know exactly what the rules are but you have to stay within your county so like nobody outside of county cork can come to this hotel for example Mm. and that also means i'm pretty sure that only hotel guests can like be in the hotel and like eat at the hotel etc and we had like a super nice dinner yesterday which felt a little surreal in terms of corona where it's like okay you can just have a dinner where like basically the rest of the people around you are not able to because everything is closed uh, or at mm. least inside right so it's only takeaway mm. um that being said though it was an amazing dinner had an amazing time so that was a nice little escape on on the sunday evening oh that's nice yeah i mean it's these little things that you have to value much more in in the coming times um the, here in Germany, also the numbers obviously are going up as everywhere uh, because it's winter time. People are more inside, and also people are getting growing wary of the whole situation. So they um, more often than not um, don't use their mask, for example, or, um, or gather in groups. Um, it's very tricky, uh, and I think it will be re- a really hard winter. Um, the, the beginning of this year, we started with COVID in March, so we had March, April may as the month until it got warm enough that people could go outside and now we have november december january february in addition to that and that will make it very tricky i i really don't know what's coming yeah i guess time will tell right Mm. but uh maybe maybe to to talk about some you know nicer things (laughs) um like i said we, we were able to go out for a nice dinner um talking about packages i think between the last recording and this one, uh, something arrived on your doorstep? 
yes. Oh, uh, very beautiful, tasty Kit Kats. I enjoyed them so much. Um, you should amazing. have received a, a picture or video from Heike where a video, I think, where we are opening um, a very special one. It, I think it, it tasted like blueberry vanilla or something like that. And Oreo, no, Oreo vanilla was the taste, I think. Yeah, so um, we, like Kate and I, were in Cork and we were going to make chicken bang bang, which is like her family recipe or like a family recipe from, from hers. Uh, mm-hmm. And it needs, like it requires some like Asian ingredients. And then we ended up <clears throat> then we ended up in this Asian store uh, in Cork and I saw these Kit Kats and I was like, I can't not buy some and send, send you them. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was amazing also when uh, I got this picture of you receiving it and then indeed the video of you you tasting it. Um, that's amazing. Like, I'll probably go back there once or twice and then maybe I'll, I'll send you some more. That would be... A- very very kind of you uh i would be very much looking forward to to that um because the ones uh, you sent are mostly gone now uh i I then they disappeared very quickly um talking about packages did you receive a package from germany per happenstance no so i haven't received the package but i did receive a very nice email with a gift card um so this is something to look forward to uh so maybe for the listeners, I got a nice gift card for a nice restaurant in Cork um, as a goodbye gift from a bunch of very cool colleagues, including Benedict. Um, <laughs> but obviously now that the restaurants are closed or at least, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dining in is, is not available, uh, it's something to, you know, to look forward to right. whenever that's possible again. And right. it looks like a really cool restaurant. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, I took some research to figure out if there's a, a nice place that would hopefully fit. Um, the package has been, I think, deployed to the place that is currently rebuilding, like the other address. So I hope that works. Right. Yeah, that'll we'll we'll figure that out. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's interesting. Where I think it was like a few days ago, uh, which is like what is it now? Almost two weeks since I had my last day at Xing where I started realizing or, or had this, this feeling of like, oh, like I really currently do not, like I'm in between jobs. I do not have a job. Like I'm not getting any updates of what's going on at Xing or any, you know, feeling of what people are working on um, or at least very limited because I am still talking to a few people. Uh, it's just like an interesting feeling, right? Like after being there for three years, just like getting out of the loop basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had that experience in the past. Yeah, um, it, it was also weird for me. I um, Before I um, was self-employed, I worked on a couple of Mac apps as an indie Mac developer for a long time. Um, but before I did that, I worked for also a long time for an interesting company. And I really liked the people I worked with. And we had um, an, an office overseas and I knew all the people there and so it was always very interactive and uh, you could always talk to people in the US and then the people in Germany was great great and fun times um, but when I left the company I was also out of the loop suddenly so initially I was like because there's always ongoing threats right there's this new customer that maybe can come in this case or there's a new type of software that we were working on and I didn't get info on that anymore like I was still interested because I'd worked on that and I was interested in the news and initially I 
had a lot of chats with the people like I would call, I would ask, what's the status, how are you doing? Um, also my former boss, so we oftentimes, we still had chats, it was very nice. But over the years, obviously that's now a long time ago, that has mostly stopped. Although I would say every half a year I call one of them and I still get information on WhatsApp because I'm still kind of interested. I guess that will never go away. Nice. Um, I'm also still talking to my former boss. <laughs> really? <laughs> what is yeah. he's like? <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting feeling. Uh, I do remember that I had a similar uh, thing when I left a company that I interned at in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. um, when they were working on like adding dark mode to their app, which was before uh, I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I remembered that, you know, they had like, bi-weekly updates or so and then i left and then they didn't have an update for like two months or so and then mm. dark mode came so it seems like it was quite a big project um mm. but it turned out really really nicely and yeah it's just weird to not know what's what's going on behind the scenes but i think at some point you you know you forget about it or at least you know it's like not as interesting or not as directly related to what you did anymore and and it fades away a little, but yeah. it's it's an interesting feeling. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there are sometimes, so in, in general with the former company that I worked at, most of the stuff I'm obviously not interested anymore, um, but things like they bought a different company, stuff like that. So the very, very high level things, or one of my former coworkers left the company, that kind of information I'm still interested and curious about. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, how do you fill up your time? Um, there's enough to do when it's not raining. <laughs> and when it is raining, uh, no. So like, you know, I've started playing a bunch of golf and I have another lesson scheduled for tomorrow. So hopefully the weather will be okay. Um, I am still working on this uh, side project that I'll probably open source um, soon, uh, which is exciting. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. giving another workshop for Try Swift on Thursday. Um, and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm playing a bit of games and also just like, you know, cleaning a little around the house, doing some cooking, making lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's not that, that hard to, you know, keep doing things. Um, we bought a new car, uh, like a week or so ago. So like taking care of all the things around that, um, yeah, no worries. You can you can easily fill up your time, or I can easily fill up my time. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, as you remember, I planned a sabbatical for this year that didn't work out, and I also think I totally would have been able to to fill up like the couple of months that were planned with stuff. Um, it's it's magic how when you have free time, it fills itself up. Oh, totally. And yeah. I mean that's a good thing, right? Because right. if not, if you would struggle to like you know, or be bored in that kind of time, that would be a shame. Yeah, yeah. Um, briefly talking about Try Swift, I'm also giving a workshop this week on Friday, one day after you. So if one of our listeners is interested in keyboard shortcuts on iOS, um, iPadOS mostly, clickety-click, uh, manual keyboards and so on, uh, there's a workshop coming. End of Ooh. advertisement. Wow, very cool. I didn't know. I'm excited for that. That sounds interesting. I've always find, found them interesting, um, but really tricky to add. Mm -hmm. um because it's a lot of like extra overhead to like manage um but mm -hmm. having good keyboard shortcuts like adds so much to the experience on ipad right i 
I do have the magic keyboard, I think it's called, from my iPad, right? Because I needed it for debugging for Hyperdeck. And since I have it, I'm also using it. And I use it a lot. Like, I have situations where I could actually use my fingers because I, it, I have the, the iPad with the keyboard on my stomach when I'm lying in bed, but I, I still use the touchpad and the keyboard because I have a touchpad and a keyboard. And something that, that bugs me to no end is that a lot of apps don't have keyboard support, like the YouTube app. Um, you can't hit space to pause the video, stuff like that. Oh, and you can't use the cursor keys. And I, I hate that. And I thought the workshop might be useful just to have some information about how to add this stuff to your app with little to no work. Yeah, definitely. So there's also been uh, another Apple event. Right. With some new new cool tech, right? New devices. Uh, I think new video I, video effects. I think it's actually for the first time since I bought my iPhone 10 that I'm considering upgrading. Oh, nice! Um, interesting. What is it that you find interesting enough for an upgrade? Just the overall package, or something specific? Um. Hmm. That's a. <laughs> that's weird a difficult one to answer i think what is what is uh made me consider it or is making me consider it is that i've now like seen someone like more often making pictures with or taking pictures with one of the newer iphones mm-hmm. um so kate has a has an 11 pro mm-hmm. and i can basically like see the difference like i know mm-hmm. that there is a difference but i've always mm-hmm. been happy and i'm still happy with the iphone 10 mm-hmm. and, and the camera um but i'm like you know new job um maybe i should treat myself with something and and the iphone is is one of the things that i'm considering yeah that makes sense um i just bought my pro last year so the 11 pro as well i'm very very happy so i'm not going to update but which one would it be for you out of the wide array of different different devices you now have at your disposal Right, so I still vividly remember when the iPhone 6 came out. You had the iPhone 6 and you had the iPhone 6 Plus. And they went from, if I remember correctly, uh, the 3.5 inch, no, the 4 inch displays to 4.7 and 5.5. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck? Uh, I'm just going to go for 5.5. It's going to be too big, quote unquote, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a 6 plus and after that I had a 7, a 7 plus and then I upgraded to the 10 mm-hmm. and like I've never like while I had the 7 plus and the 6 plus I've been happy with it but I never really saw that you know that much of a of a benefit in having the bigger screen so I'm happy to have gone to a smaller one um, now though you have the plus no, sorry, you have the Pro and you have the Pro Max, where the Pro mm. Max actually has like additional features in terms of its camera, where right. I think it shoots better in low light environments. Um, so right. I've been thinking about it, but like just given the format that is nice in in the, the 10, I would go for a Pro where I would mm. have most of the better cameras, um, but still not have the, the bigger screen. And then mm-hmm. again, like I can see myself just using that for a bunch of years. Yeah, I, I totally see that. I mean, I wonder how much better, like how helpful it is. So it has this anti-shake um, in the uh, in the Pro Max, uh, but I really have to wonder how much that actually helps if it's worth carrying around this bigger device. Yeah. And then in terms of the uh, HomePod Mini, which was the other thing they announced, mm-hmm. 
Um, I actually got a like Bose speaker, which we have at home as well, um, like recently. So there's not really a reason to upgrade. Um, mm. And you know what I realized actually is like the HomePod nor the HomePod mini have ever been available in the Netherlands. Like not that really? I currently live in the Netherlands, but mm. I actually was surprised by that. Interesting. I I actually started thinking about the HomePod and I would have loved to see to also see an update for the HomePod. I'm not sure what the update would bring, but I would have loved to see that that would have me let's say it would have made me more easily buy one. Um we are currently have an Alexa and I don't feel like having this device in my household anymore. So it, it, I've kind of felt fine with it the couple, last couple of years, but right now I do have privacy concerns. And so I think I would like to replace Alexa. But yeah, I thought maybe they would imp also improve the HomePod. There are still some things that Alexa could, can do that HomePod can't, that I would love to see. Um, but there's there was nothing, maybe at a future event. Yeah, so you're basically looking for more features and it's not necessarily that the HomePod Mini wouldn't be good if it would have these features as well. Yeah, so the thing is, I mean, I also, it's not like I spend a ton of research, but there's this one thing that we use a lot on Alexa. Um, one of the updates is Alexa has a lot of apps. And one of the things we use a lot is that um, it basically gives you an update of all the news of the day that it reads out. So it takes six or seven news sources and give some brief update um, on all the news sources. That That's a German one. That's a great app. So basically while we are preparing food, Alexa will read out all the news of the day from six different sources. And after that, you have a very neutral, by uh, non-biased overview because you have different news sources, more left-leaning, more right-leaning, um, something more technical and so on. And then you have the nice overview of everything. Um, and something like that, I think I would miss. Right. This is actually interesting because I think they did announce something similar, right? Where you can say like, hey, good morning. And then it will give you like this. These are your reminders. These are your calendar events and, and a few news things. I don't know if you can like, like customize that, but it seems like they are mm -hmm. slowly going in that direction as well. Hmm. I am at research a bit more so the the thing i'm talking about alexa basically speaks for like 10 minutes so it's like a more detailed thing but maybe something like that was apple news exists and i just didn't see it uh, that would certainly be helpful for me yeah i'm not sure if it does the 10 minute overview but i would definitely recommend you to you know look into it a bit further mm. yeah in worst case i can still play something from my iphone i guess like over over bluetooth or whatever right um, which would also be fine but yeah, I don't exactly. feel that, that well with Alexa anymore. And I think a HomePod would be a, a nice thing. It also has better audio quality. And then maybe I could buy a second one for the future and then have stereo. End of topic. Yeah. Talking about Apple events, um, you know, I think there will be another one this year, or at least that's what's been, been rumored as far as I have been able to, uh, to find um, with Mac right with mac updates mm -hmm. because right. we right. have no release date yet for big Sur. i don't know if they've done an update in the past without an event um but you know especially with with the the new chips um mm -hmm. coming up and i think tim cook saying that there would be uh like the first hardware running on the the arm chip uh, for the mac uh this year i wouldn't be surprised if there if there is another event maybe in November uh, that highlights the Mac a little more. 
Right. I think I heard 17th of November as the best date for that. Um, let's let's see. I also think that such an event is coming, and I really think that they will show off the capabilities of the Apple Silicon in terms of now. This is something we all don't know. Basically, will it be just uh, will it just have a very long battery time, or will it be incredibly fast? That those are possibilities that they could go for. I hope it will be very, very fast. Basically something that will be close to the speed of a the smallest Mac Pro, um, but it in the um, hull of a laptop. That's what I'm hoping for. But yeah, we have to see. Why not both? Might possibly also be both. But if I, if I were Apple, if I were Tim Cook, um, I would keep the battery time as it is because I think a roughly 10 hours is enough for, for most people. And if you're if the CPU is working a lot, maybe you get like four hours, which still is a lot, and invest the rest into uh, a huge amount of power and CPU power so they are faster than everything else. I don't think we need more time in terms of battery, but having a faster CPU would be more beneficial in my opinion. But obviously they m might see differently. Right. I mean, I think it also depends on, on the user, but... Uh, speed is definitely welcome for anyone. I would say battery time as well. But like you said, um, like at what point does it really matter to have like a 30 hour battery life on uh, on a laptop if you can mostly charge it at the same time as well? Right. And it might also be different from device to device. So I could imagine that a MacBook Air um, would have a longer battery life and wouldn't be as fast, whereas a MacBook Pro 15 inch would have less of a battery life. Uh, but it would be very fast. Or maybe the chip can even expand. So maybe it can actually run 30 hours in a very slow mode, but that wouldn't be Apple-like. Uh, but but maybe it, it's very adaptive in terms of what it can do. There's lots of possibilities here. Right. Is there anything that you would be interested in yourself, as in like I would buy or would be interested in upgrading if uh, this is the case? I mean, you mentioned the speed. Um, or given that you have the the 16 inch macbook or do you say like hey i'm so happy with that uh i'm good for now so i i'm very happy with the macbook um but given that hyperdeck will also run on the on these and i recently had to add um support for catalyst running on the uh, on apple silicon uh to rust um and i couldn't test it myself so people from the community helped me test it um, I still would like to actually test my app running on Apple Silicon, so I will definitely buy something. <laughs> um, in terms of what I would love to have is either a... I don't have like a personal laptop right now. I only have the machine from work. Uh, and I would love to have a very small 12-inch kind of device um, from my own. That's something I would buy immediately. For If they only had a 15-inch MacBook Pro, I wouldn't buy that. So then I would hope that somebody... I don't... That some of the cloud providers would offer something where I can uh, test run my app on there. Um, I'll make mini, I, I would maybe buy. And let's imagine they that would be something that would maybe be an immediate buy for me is if they have something like a Mac Pro running on Apple Silicon, but being like 10 times faster than the current machine and a little bit cheaper. So I, I might spend money on that. Like having an unbelievable crazy fast Mac that's faster than all the Ryzen um, chips out there um, for less money than the current Mac Pro, I might also buy that. Right. I think that's going to be very interesting to see like what is going to be the first device uh, that right. supports Apple Silicon, basically. Right. Um, I heard rumors that there was going to be a 24-inch iMac. Um, 
given that might be some no no i don't think i would want to have that that would be weird no never mind is there any anything you would want to buy in for from given all the devices like what could you come up with where you would say okay i want to have that um not really i think so in terms of macbooks uh i i currently also only have the macbook from work or at least the one i had at xing and now bought as a personal device um, and I still have two other devices in the Netherlands, which is a, a 5K iMac from 2014 and a uh, MacBook from 2014 as well. Um, but, oh, maybe the iMac is from 2015. Anyway, um, I'm still happy with both of those, although I don't really use the MacBook anymore since I've been using this MacBook for work. Um, the iMac is still my my you know, the device I love the most, uh, and it mm. still works fine. So mm. depending on how that one will hold up and depending on what's going to be announced, an iMac might be something I can, I'd consider, but probably maybe then next year or something. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, they have a two year deadline for all the things to move to Apple Silicon. So it's just a matter of time, right? The iMac Pro will move to Apple Silicon, the Mac Pro, everything. And they will, they might even introduce new devices like a 12 inch device. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Do you think they will have um, LTE? They will have a cell? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, I think they won't, right? I think mm -hmm. Apple has had a bunch of, uh, or at least I don't know enough about chips. So maybe like the Apple Silicon is what allows them to add it. Um, but given the way they're marketing the iPad as also like a pro device that does have a cellular, I could imagine them keeping it there, but maybe they'll also introduce it for, for, a for a MacBook. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I can guess, but that's all it is, right? So I, I we'll, we'll see. Buzz, if uh, Tim Cook would call you and uh, would say, Buzz, for uh, cost reasons, we can only have either a um, touchscreen or 5G in the new laptops. What should we do? What would be your answer? 5G. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't feel a need for a touchscreen. Uh Apple might mm. think differently. I mean, we do see that iOS apps are going to come to the Mac. We have Catalyst, etc. Mm. So it wouldn't be too surprising if at some point there were one. But it, I mean, I would probably just defer it to the next person. Like I wouldn't make that business decision. Um, it, but but the yeah, but the screen being a touchscreen wouldn't be wouldn't be anything that that I'm looking for. Hmm. I think I would say touchscreen, uh, but for me the reason is that, and this is a very peculiar thing. I go on to I used to travel a lot, not anymore, obviously. Uh, but when I traveled a lot, I didn't. I hated bringing so many devices, and I would love to just bring one device. And I can't bring an iPad because a lot of the the software I run doesn't run on there. So it would be a Mac, but I hate reading books on a Mac. Because what I like is like scrolling the page with my fingers. That is a huge difference for me. It's weird. And I read a lot of books. And so I have to bring two devices, one for reading books and uh, one for the other stuff. And uh, yeah, a touchscreen would make that nicer for me. But that's a peculiar reason, which I understand. Right. No, but I think that's fair. And 
Uh, although I say that now where it's like, I don't see a need for it. Like if they market it well, you know, they can create a need, right? And then you mm-hmm. might, you know, get basically, you know, get encouraged to say like, okay, maybe this is a good thing and maybe it does uh, make things easier. But I, I mean, I don't think I would miss it if they, if they wouldn't add it. Okay. That was a great episode um, for listening. And hear you next time. And hear you next time. Bye. Bye bye. So uh, I tried to be less on Twitter uh, for various reasons, but one being that also I also found myself doing the doom scrolling, and I didn't want to do that. And obviously, you can use mute words and so on. And I just did, felt I would do less Twitter that would be good for me, so I did that. Um, and then I had a issue in Hyperdeck that was in the collection view and in the way I'm using SwiftUI, and I had. Um, built a prototype to see if there's a better way to do this and I found a better way that was much better and everything is much better it flows much better very happy with it and so I went down and implemented this in Hyperdeck so basically I took my prototype and I rewrote parts of the collection view and so on and the way it uses SwiftUI to work better and that took some time and when I was done um, I think in between I had updated my iPad because it took me some time right because I'm not working on that every day and um, I, I had updated my iPad to a newest version of iOS I was 14 something uh, and then right. I ran it on there and then there was a very weird bug where um, my the contents of my collection view cells they would when I scrolled them down they would just start floating up and I thought that well that was due to the way that I had changed the collection view right because i was just done with my refactoring of the collection view and so i spent days like going through individual commits removing stuff there removing a layer there to figure out if i could find a way to get rid of that because i thought i had introduced it and in hindsight that was very stupid because this was not me this was a bug that was introduced with ios and people on twitter were really upset about that because every swift ui app that that put swift ui views into a collection view had the same issue as soon as the keyboard appeared on screen um the stuff in the collection view itself would suddenly adapt to the uh keyboard guidelines uh, to the safe um safe area and then it would float up that was the bug but i hadn't realized that because i really thought i had done this and i wasted so much time on this thing i prepared the radar and so on i prepared the example project and all that because i didn't let one i didn't look at twitter and b i didn't figure out that it wasn't me because i came at the end of my of, of my re-implementation cycle oh that sucked yeah i need that sucks i need i think that's something yeah. that is more difficult with catalyst now as well where you have these two targets and like you built something you can either build it for macOS starting or for ios right and then you have to check mm-hmm. the other and depending on how often you can check and do check like you will have to check if you need to fix something or need to change something right um, so which, so I is, may- which is making things tricky yeah actually you pointed something out that i Misexplained. So this was an iOS issue and not a Catalyst one. On Mac it worked fine. So that there was like it was the other way around. And when I ran it on the Mac, I didn't have these problems. And for a long time, I'm usually just running it on the Mac with Catalyst because that makes it easier for me to test it because it's a native app then. So um, that also added to it that I after run I ran it again on iOS when I was done with the implementation. 
So that was actually an iOS issue, but it, it just, it, it sucked. It was mostly a Swift UI issue, basically. Um, and it just wasted so much time. I wonder, because I like the idea of, you know, not using Twitter for a while. I've done that in the past, especially during my, you know, vacations. Um, one of the things that I like now is I'm part of this iOS developer uh, Slack, which mm -hmm. has a whole bunch of, of um, the people from the iOS community. Mm -hmm. And there you can basically just ask things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you can do the same on Twitter. I mean, mm -hmm. we've been doing that and say like, hey, I'm running into this issue. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of, you know, knowledge in there as well, mm -hmm. um, where you can get super interesting conversations and, and answers to questions uh, that way. That sounds like an interesting thing to do. Um, what I also considered was since Peter Steinberger is using Catalyst a lot, uh, a lot um, and SwiftUI also, um, I would just only read his stuff <laughs> and not anybody else just read his account because he also tweeted about this particular bug a couple of times. Um, I just hadn't seen it. I would definitely say that if you're working with Catalyst, like if you somehow were to follow only one person, Peter Steinberger would be yeah. a good bet. Yeah. Yeah, that was the thing I wanted to talk about. Um, however, I mean, on the on the upside, um, there is a fix from Peter Steinberger that hacks into Apple's mechanisms, and it's also fixed on iOS 14.2, so that's not a problem anymore. Uh, which means that I'm mostly done with my to-do list of stuff, except for some big sur things that are still missing. But none of them is difficult, so I only have a couple of trivial things left, um, and then that's it. That's nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe to end up uh, to mention Catalyst again. Uh, I was working on adding like a login flow to my app uh, because I need to connect to a web service, and I used the new um, what is it called authentication authentication services framework. I think um, and it worked beautifully mm -hmm. on iOS, but not on a Mac because. You, it opens like a nice browser window. It doesn't even open Safari. It just opens like a, mm. a browser window. Um, mm. And it would authenticate, it would be fine. But then like I couldn't, like I would say like go back to the app. I would say allow. And that was it. Like I would never get the callback. Huh. Um, so I would manually like close this window because I'm like, I don't need this headless, you know, web thing anymore. And it would just like fail. Right, like the completion handler would be called, but with a failure. And then what it turned out to be is that your um, uh, your scheme, so your 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 scheme URL mm -hmm. is like your app name colon slash slash. That's what I entered mm -hmm. for like the the callback. But for Catalyst, it's different. It works on iOS, mm -hmm. but in the Mac implementation, somehow uh, you should not have the colon slash slash because if you do it doesn't work so nice. i remove the colon slash slash and it just works for both so nice. I, luckily i don't have to like do an if else where it's like if mac os mm. <laughs> um remove the colon slash slash but yeah it was a little interesting and this this again points to this like mac mac catalyst is basically you know re-implementing ui kit but yeah. to work for mac yeah and you see these like weird like discrepancies which right. is yeah good to know about Right. Uh, what, what I find interesting is you learn a lot about iOS and UI kit because you have to debug something on Catalyst, to, 
really understand how it works because it's behaving wrongly and then you really have to read the documentation line by line which you never had to do before because it always just worked but now it's not just working anymore and you need to really really dive into the docs which is a nice learning experience that's the most positive thing i can say about that yeah i'm having a lot of fun with it um doing everything ui kit not swift ui which on the one hand is like oh why would you do ui kit on the other hand like i don't know I like UIKit, seems to be a little more stable, and yeah, let's see where I, where I can get.